then all of a sudden, once again, beforehand, I got injured in college. Now it's like my Olympic dream. I felt like I was so close. I had it. And then was all the way again. When it happened, go back to that place where that year is 2008. I watched the Olympics from my home, the Olympic Games from home. While all my training partners were there holding the flag at the Olympic ceremonies. Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Dillingham, and me and my co-host, Mason Eddy, will be diving past the surface level stories that are filled with adversity and hardship to unfold real life lessons and overcome life's biggest challenges. We believe that facing struggles and pain is out of our control, but how we endure and overcome is something that is. You're listening to Playing Injured. Welcome to another episode of Playing Injured. I am sitting here with Coach AK. Uh, he's a former athlete, entrepreneur, consultant, storyteller. So I'm excited to have you on. And uh, yeah, tell the folks what you're up to today and, and how you spend your time today. Uh, Josh, uh, just first and foremost, just want to say how excited I am to be on the show and talking about. I just love. The, I just love the title of Playing Injured, especially as a former athlete. And uh, the first thing I want to say is I love the first question about how you spend your day because most people ask, what do you do? Yeah. And so how you spend your day and what you do can be significantly different. But I'll say today how I spend my day. I have a little girl. She's uh, seven years old. Her name is Haven and she's a little sick right now. (laughs) And so my day was spent a little bit different, but usually on my days it's spent with um, one, I do a lot of different projects. I've been super lucky to do that. One of the things is I'm a chief executive officer, strategy officer for a company called The Human Side, where we actually work to work with businesses and teams to help them connect on a human level, right? So no matter how big or small the team, the number one common denominator is people. Uh, I'm also a speaker, so I'm lucky to travel and speak around the world. Uh, in addition, I also have a clothing company. So I have a company called Elite Styles. We do professional attire for athletes. So basically, what do athletes wear professionally off the field? And I do a lot of different consulting here and there. But just, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more uh, down the road. So No, I love that. You have your, your hands in a lot of things. And I think, you know, being an athlete, we never just went home after school. We always did something else. So yeah. um, definitely, I could see how you're you're able to 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 transition that to to what you do now and how you spend your time and um I want I want to touch on that though. Okay, I, yeah, I touch on it. it. But I think but I think it's something really really cool because it's like the multi-sport athlete. Mm-hmm. Right? And and most people feel like they're only getting better if they're doing one activity over and over and over again. Like the 10,000 hour rule. But I would actually say as a multi-sport athlete, me speaking helps my consulting. Me doing the clothing company helps even, I even do work in China, right? They all actually interconnect and they actually help me get better at the individual tasks 
and projects in themselves. Totally. Touch on that, because I think a lot of young professionals like myself, I think they focus on honing in on one thing instead of diversifying their skill sets. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge asset to have as a young professional. How are you how do you feel like that's developed you? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit deeper than that. I actually believe they're all jacks of all trades. We're all multi-talented. And it is the world in which we live in that puts us into these boxes that says we're only doing one thing. So, for example, somebody can say, hey, I'm a marketer. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's go a little bit deeper than that. Uh, do you do data analytics? Like, no, 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 I don't do data analytics. Okay. Like, do you do um, social media? Like, no, I don't do social media. Like, what do you do? It's like, well, I do video. I do, um, you know, audio. Right. So when you actually break it down to it into its individual tasks, right, you realize that we're actually doing multiple different things. And I kind of look at this in terms of a, uh, a piano player. Right. If you look at all the different skill sets that a piano player is doing, they have to have good, you know, hand eye coordinations, linguistic skills. Right. You know who else has similar to that? Someone that's typing, a typist. Right. And so we don't realize that we're actually doing multiple different things every single day that's actually getting us to be better to do the skills that we do. It's just this, it's this thing that Mark Malcolm Gladwell says, a 10,000-hour rule. It's like, come on. When I'm being an athlete, me recovering is helping me be, be a better athlete, right? There's so many different things that we don't realize that are actually helping us be who we are each and every single day. But it's a box that we put ourselves around. That is so deep because I feel like we do put ourselves in that box. Oh, I just work in sales. Mm-hmm. I just do this instead of diving in deeper and telling what we actually do. And I think people just don't think about it. I think people need to think deeply about who they are, not necessarily what they do. Exactly. And what they, you know, and well, it's deep. Not, yeah. Think about sales, though. Who would else also be good at sales? Like a negotiator. Yeah. Right. Someone that's a good negotiator could probably also be good at sales. Right? Exactly. Even that's a piece of it. Yeah. Or even like public speaking. Yes. I, yes. I'm a good speaker potentially, but to be a good public speaker takes a lot of different skill sets, the ability to be concise or the ability to be able to read the room. Yeah. Right. It's not just to, elements. to have flow, all different type of things. Exactly. Well, great. You know, <laughs> now you got my interest peaked. You got everybody else's interest peaked. Take us back um, to your early childhood and, and kind of take us through your athletic journey and, and becoming an athlete and, and grinding through life. Uh, you know, for me, I was never a really strong athlete growing up. When I grew up and I was a young kid, I had some speed, but I had zero control. <laughs> and my first sport was soccer. And my dad was my soccer coach. But one of the things that was really important is I was never really good at school. Growing up. I wasn't a, I wasn't a good school student at all. And for me, it's, it was hard for me to sit down and, and, and memorize. And it's today, it's still a difficult challenge for me. But what I always realized, I was always good at, you know, kinesthetic. That's what type of learner I am. And what ended up happening was I remember one day I was walking by um, a field. And to be honest, I was a bad kid. I was involved in some, some, some dumb stuff, you know. And when I was walking by a field one day, um, some coaches said, hey, come over here. You know, some football coaches. And the other two people I was walking with were actually my friends growing up. They're actually in prison right now for doing some some dumb stuff. But for me, sports was that first outlet for me where people said, hey, you can actually do something with yourself. First time I had these coaches. 
And I started off doing track and field and, and football. And I wasn't really a big track and field guy because I didn't like to run. <laughs> no. Yeah. And Nobody does. <laughs> nobody does. But I, I, I did track and field to get better at football. It just happened to be that I progressed through track and field to get an athletic scholarship to the University of Oregon to, to, to run. So my, my career in sports actually came with um, just getting me out of, of trouble. And that led into, you know, being an All-American athlete at the University of Oregon. And I always wanted to try football. And I, my final year, my fifth year at the University of Oregon, I decided to try football. I was a tight end. And at that moment in track and field, I was like probably like six feet, hundred and six foot three, 190 pounds. I was a skinny kid. And then I needed to play football and I wanted to be a tight end. So in three months, I gained maybe 25 to 30 pounds over the summer. Jeez. Like lifting weights and eating. Except the problem was, is that <laughs> my strength didn't like match that. And my season actually ended with a torn ACL. My body wow. wasn't working. So imagine going from four-time All-American, I was top 10 in the world twice, to being injured and all of a sudden uh, just overweight, not feeling the best, and having a turn ACL. And I hated sports after that moment. Wow. Yeah. So talk to me about that. What does that feel like, having that high, being an All-American, you know, feeling like you're accomplishing everything that you set out to do, mm-hmm. and then it all goes away in one moment. You know, for me, when I had that experience, when I going from the high to high, and the reason why I would say it was so hard for one is you can, you know, connect with this. You know, the better athlete you are, the more, I'll be honest, I was babied through the system, right? I got to pick my classes first. I got to have all these different opportunities. I was doing interviews um, and signing autographs. And then all of a sudden, it all ends. And for me, it was an identity crisis. It was, it was like, how do you go from top in the world? And now I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, can barely walk. Didn't you want to get a torn ACL? I felt cheated. I felt like this veil of this thing that I was getting celebrated for was just a facade. And and that goes all the way back to your early, early childhood of not necessarily being good in school. And I heard you say, the first time somebody ever told you you could do something was through sport. Mm -hmm. And now you believe that your whole life and this moment, it finally hits. And now you have identity crisis. What is that like? It's all of a sudden you have this vision of what you want for the future. And then you realize that, Oh, if I'm no longer an athlete or I'm no longer this, then like, what do I do now? And in some ways it was, you know, looking back, it was a really big rebirth for me. And for a while, I ran away from it. I ran away from it because whenever I connected myself with sports, it connected me with pain. Mm. And my goal for the while was to run away from that for a while. And that led into, you know, if, if they don't think I'm worth it, then whatever. What did that lead to? It led to drinking. It led to you know, gaining a whole bunch of weight. It came into, like, I don't really care about anything. It led into depression. It felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. And my last 20 years of living before that happened was just fake to me. You know, the change happened, though. 
when I was, after I graduated and I was still, I don't think I got my ACL repaired at this moment. I was in Rarotonga with my girlfriend at the time as a graduation gift. And we were just sitting on the beach. I'm, you know, 40 pounds overweight. <laughs> and this guy named Pete comes up to me and he says, um, I kind of heard your story. And he says, have you ever thought about potentially, you know, running or trying out for the Olympics? And I looked at him, I'm like, have you, I don't exactly look like the peak physical athlete at this moment. But at that moment, that conversation really stuck with me. Uh, Pete actually ended up being a, an, an Olympic swimmer for Australia later that year. But it stuck with me that to the point that when I then came back, I literally said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. It kind of reinvigorated me to, to think that this is what I want to do. So I actually went into six hours of training a day of three hours of rehab, three hours of, of training, and I lost the 40 pounds. I ended up uh, initially qualifying for the Olympic Games for, I was running for my parents' home country of Nigeria. And for me, imagine what that feeling was like. All of a sudden, I hit that high, I hit that low, and then you know, you know what you're seeing, like, oh, this is my, this is my hero's journey. Right. It's my right. hero's journey. Like, okay, this is what's supposed to be part of my story. I'm going to make the Olympic Games. I'm going to win a medal. And I remember what happened. I had, to, I had to travel to Nigeria. And it was my first time traveling international at that moment. And so imagine if you had to hop on a plane, I had to basically travel for 24 hours through different travel. And I remember getting on the ground and I get to my hotel and a week later was supposed to be like the Olympic trials. But that day, the next day was going to be this international competition. They're bringing people all over the place. And so the, our, our, one of the coaches came up to me the, the, the night before this big permanent event. And they said, you know, this whole Olympic trials that we're doing in a week from now, we're actually going to do it tomorrow. Wow. Right. Meaning just get out of the international travel trip. <laughs> and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's the Olympic trials are going to be tomorrow. And you got to get top four. Right? Okay. So imagine that mindset. Like all of a sudden, all, like a year goes by and like I was, I was training, I was getting ready. And then all of a sudden I'm on the ground. And the next day I got to get ready for this Olympic trials. And so I get on the ground. The race is about to start. Kind of nervous, but like I got it. Like this is what my whole life was for. Olympics. You're right. Uh, it's my second chance. And what happens? The gun goes off. I get third place. Wow. I get third place. I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I get third place. They're, they're introducing us as the Olympic, like the, this is the Olympic team, the four by four team. I immediately get on the, I immediately get um, back to the hotel. We start to pack up and we have to actually go to Egypt, uh, actually Tunisia for a, for a competition for just like did some qualifier. But while I'm on the, on the plane, um, I had some internet and I was just texting my family saying I made it. My coach, I made the Olympic team. I'm super excited. This is my story. And we end up after this meet, we're done. And I remember when I was over in Egypt on the layer of her back, like all I wanted was like a cold glass of water. That's all I wanted. A cold glass of water. Just some water. Just some water because everything was like warm. I just wanted like a cold glass of water. So I go down to the bar downstairs. I ask them for a cold glass of water. They go to the back, get out this water. I drink it amazing and then in the middle of the night my stomach's like nah, nah, nah. like i became sick as a dog like i was sick i was sick you, 
Where did you get that water at? In Egypt. It's just a bar. In Egypt. In wow. Egypt. Right. Just at this, in this hotel little bar. And, uh, but I was fine. I had this long, long, longer of a trip, but I was fine because I had a week to prepare. Like, cool, I'm, I'm fine. I can get ready for the, the games that are coming up. And then all of a sudden, when I get back home, back to Nigeria, because they're going to do, this is actually where the Olympic trials are supposed to be. Um, I, get, I get to the hotel, I'm sitting there, and the coach comes up to me the same one. He's like, you know the whole Olympic trials we did a week ago? This is after a week of me parading around the country as the Olympic team. And they said, we're, we decided we're going to redo it. <laughs> Why? Do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe some political reasons. They said, we're going to redo the race. You know, you might okay. have qualified, but we're going to have to, we're going to redo it. But instead of there being beforehand, there was this qualifier where there was like, I think there's like 16 people. It's now an open competition. I mean, anybody that wanted to run the 400 gets to run the 400. So from one being two heats, it's now become, I think it's like eight heats of 160 people. Whew. And this is for me being sick, dehydrated. And so I make it through the first round, make it through the second round, and I don't make it through the third round. And I remember, and I remember, you know, passing the finish line, and all of a sudden, once again, beforehand, I got injured in college. Now it's like my Olympic dream. I felt like I was so close, I had it, and then was all the way again. And when it happened, go back to that place where that year is 2008. I watched the Olympics from my home. Olympic Games from home. Well, all my training partners were there holding the flag at the Olympic ceremonies. So imagine that feeling of like when you felt like you had it. Like I know what it feels like to make the Olympics. Yeah. I know what it feels like. To be there. You know what it feels like to make it, but not be there. Exactly. <laughs> For a lifelong dream. Um, but it was, it was it, I learned a lot through that experience. And I think, especially for the people that are listening, it was one of the most educational growth moments I've ever had. And the reason why was I have um, one of my teammates. He's actually one of my co-founders for one of my companies uh, called Elite. His name is Salim. And he made the Olympics that year. And one of those things is after he made the Olympics, he woke up the next day and he was expecting that life was going to be a certain way. But life was the same. So what did he do? <laughs> he actually went on for 2012 and got a second Olympics. Because he thought, like, maybe I need to do something different. And so he went and he, he got a second Olympics. He woke up the next day and he realized, like, life was still the same. And it was that thing that we always go through that I, I've seen is that day after effect. Yeah. You know, we've been chasing around with these particular goals and we expect when we get there that life is going to be different. But you're like, I feel the same. I still have these two legs and these arms, but why does it, you know, feel a, a certain way? And they become lost because that was their identity. And so for me, the, what I learned a lot about that as well is that me making the Olympics also would have been my identity. And I remember before I was having these, some of these entrepreneurial endeavors, I was like, you know, when I make the Olympics, then I will talk to Nike. Right? When I do this, then I'll make this ask or do this next steps. And I realized that by me making the Olympics or not making the Olympics, it was actually was the hinder for me to actually take action in certain items. I was always waiting until then to actually make some of these decisions that I needed to. What, so what do you think? Cause I think a lot of people think like that. I'll lose weight when mm -hmm. the beginning of the month starts. 
I will finish this assignment when the weekend comes or they wait for the perfect moment instead of just taking action. Right. What do you think is that mindset and how can people get past that? They, they want the perfect moment instead of just doing it. Well, it's two of them. It's fear and imposter syndrome. It's, they don't feel like they're worthy. They don't feel like they're ready. And so we always know as an athletics is you can train all day. You can train all day. We don't really realize who you are until that gun goes off. <laughs> you don't realize until the gun goes off. And so we, we ruminate in our minds all day. But I think what people do is like the, the closer you can make that thought and that action is one, you're going to realize how productive and how successful you can be when you eliminate that gap. But the longer you have that gap, what happens? You keep waiting. You keep waiting. Self-limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I need this. I need that. Rather than just saying, just pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Just take that action. And that's what I realized has been one of the biggest factors for me is these excuses that we make, like the person that's holding us back the most isn't other people. It's ourselves. Wow. We always think that it is other people mm-hmm. and what they do and what they say. And we rely on what they think. I think that we want to be perfect because we're worrying about what other people will perceive what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think just starting is all the respect that you need from the people who are actually doing something uh, because they realize that the doers don't start off perfect. You know, you get, you know, in order to learn how to swim, you need to swim. In order to learn how to drive, you have to drive. So you have to put that action, like you said, the action and the thought together. And that's, I love that. Well, and, and just because you're swimming, if you go out there and swimming, right, yeah. you may never be the best swimmer, but those swimming strokes may help you be a better tennis player or a better person. Every single skill that you learn, it's not lost, right? It can always be leveraged and used for a future opportunity. And people always think that, oh, I failed. Man, you didn't. You learned so many skills along the way. And people, what I realize, it's not about the end goal. It's about the journey. The journey. Success is always in a journey. Exactly. Right. The journey is what really makes the goal actually worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually going to the Olympics and then winning a medal. The feelings are totally different mm-hmm. because it's still part of the journey of what you want to do. And the journey wasn't and the journey is, is appreciative because it was where I came from, because it, it puts into perspective. All of those days that you wanted to quit, but you decided to keep on moving. Those same things. That was, and you know what? Are you sure you want to go to the Olympics? That Usain Bolt guy out there. He's pretty fast. <laughs> but you realize as you go through that process that you were actually building and growing through it. And I, and I consider the same thing with entrepreneurship. It's exact same. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been able to move that through with entrepreneurship because I remember when I first started my first endeavor and I was unsure. I was like, what's a domain name? <laughs> what's a... What's, <laughs> What's that EIN number, right? It was hard. It was hard. But what I wasn't doing as I was going through that process, it was always hard. Like today, it's still hard in some capacities. Like, so how do I reach a different market, right? But when I look back and somebody says, hey, you need, what's a domain name? Like I can build a website in 24 hours if I need to. And so we only realize the journey, not in the moment because it's always hard sometimes, but it's when we look back and we realize, oh, that domain name, I can like bench it. I can like rep it a hundred times. But in the moment, it was like, Ugh, yeah, yeah. 
So you're saying the process is 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 not necessarily what you get from it, but who you become through. Exactly. Man. So through through the process of making the Olympics, but not actually being there. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that your friend, um, your your training partner, he made it and nothing changed. And you find out all these lessons. How do you think that shaped you to now moving forward and in, in what you do post athletics? Well, one, you know, I would say that the skills that I learned through athletics have stayed with me for one. Um, you know, that, that's a, a long conversation we'll talk about, I'm sure. Um, you know, in short, you know, delayed gratification about action, about when that gun goes off, who you're going to be. So that's about mindset is big. Um, it's about you only grow through pain. Right? Or those struggles are actually those building muscles. But how it shaped me today, especially with the Olympics, and I have another, you know, a story even on the entrepreneurship realm of, you know, in, in 2016, I had this company called Empower to Play. And in 2016, this is going to be my shot. It was an Olympic year for my last chance at the Olympics. But I also had this endeavor that I was going to do with the U.S. government to help rebuild peace between the United States and Haiti. I was in Sports Illustrated. It's this big initiative. But I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice between either my last chance at the Olympics or the sports diplomacy initiative with the U.S. government. And I ended up choosing this sports diplomacy initiative. And at that moment, I was like, you know, my whole world's going to change. I'm going to win this SB. And I remember as we get down to this final week, as we get into the event, uh, in preparation as we were for, you know, seven months before, it was, it was working smoothly. Right? But that week before, when we got on the ground, it, we had these small little issues of, one, everybody um, in preparation spoke English. And when we got on the ground, everybody spoke French. Like, I don't speak any lick of French. <laughs> uh, we had um, moments of we had these sponsors going to come on board. And then last minute, they kind of just pulled out. And it came into this la- the, the, the night before the event. We we're going to have the U.S. ambassador. We we're going to have 300 kids you know, learning the game of American football. We're going to help rebuild, you know, nations. We're going to use some VR technology. And I get this phone call that says, we need to come with a certain amount of money by tomorrow. Well, one, this event's going to be canceled or there's going to be the safety of our team getting out of the country. And at that moment, I was feeling like, oh my goodness, I've lost everything. I took this chance. I lost the Olympics and now I'm going to lose this endeavor that I have. Um, and it was my rock bottom moment. And at that moment, I get a FaceTime call from my daughter. She's super excited. She's like, Daddy, 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 guess what? And I'm like, what? What? And she said, I drew you a picture. And the picture was of me and her holding hands. And at that moment, I realized like, she didn't care about this sports diplomacy initiative. She didn't care about the Olympics. Like All she really cared at that moment was just Daddy. And it was at that moment that I realized that out of all these other opportunities from me losing out the Olympics or me getting injured in college or even this initiative, that I'm more than just an entrepreneur. I'm more than just an athlete. I'm also a father, right? So as many other different things. So within all of these journeys, what I've actually learned about is how often we put ourselves into these boxes that hold us back from ourselves and also hold us back from connecting and learning and growing and, you know, connecting with others. 
And I, so for me, how it's really changed my, the way that I see the world is we are on our own self journey. It's not about living to the expectations of other people. It's about what is the lifestyle design that you want to create for yourself. And so for me, I do a lot of different things because the thing that I love is freedom. I love the opportunity to create the life that I want to live. I love that I get to work in China one day. I love that I get to do clothes another day. I love that I get the opportunity to speak and do consulting. I love that. I don't want to do just one thing to build this multi-million dollar company and sit behind a desk all day. I don't want to do it. It's not my lifestyle design. I've been lucky to work from a phone for six years. <laughs> right. And, so and that's, that's why... And, and and that goes back to why I asked you, how do you spend your time instead of what do you do? Because I connect with that. I have mm-hmm. the same values when it comes to that is that I I, I don't want to put myself in a box because I've done it mm-hmm. and you've done it. Most athletes do. And when you get out of that box, you start to realize that, OK, I don't want to put myself in another box. And um, that's that's been my motivation for a long time. So I, I could totally, you know, connect well, to that. I've I believe that this is actually the number one problem facing the world today. Mm. This is a box that we put ourselves and other people into. I remember I was having a conversation with somebody high up at Lyft, and I said, like, what would I do if I told you that Lyft sucks? <laughs> <laughs> like, Uber's better. How would you feel? And he said, I'd be pissed. And because what happens is what we realize is what we put as an identify us owns us. This is why depression happens. This is why we in the political season why we can't listen to people because no, 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 that person's a Republican. I'm a Democrat. We ain't going to connect. But cool, cool. How about we actually remove ourselves from that layer? Let's connect on being men. Let's connect on maybe going to the same school or having the same hobbies, right? Because if you can't see somebody, you're not going to listen to them. You're not going to connect with them. Mm. In the same way, that's the others. But when you look at about it within ourselves, if I tell myself I'm not good at math, what do you think is going to happen when I'm trying to learn math or a different language? Mm. So we're putting these blocks within ourselves each and every single day. Our ability to get ourselves outside of the box or realizing that the multiple different layers of the boxes that we um, contain actually is going to help us better learn, connect, and even grow. Man, brother, you've learned a lot through these failures. And now mm-hmm. the reason why we call it playing injured because it never stops. We're always going into some type of situation. And before before we hopped online today, you told me about another situation that you're currently going through. <laughs> so tell let's let's share with the audience what you're currently going through. And then also too, from the other losses and failures that you have, how do you handle this better than the last ones? Right. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that's really gotten into meditation and really getting silent within myself. And there was this moment when I said, you know, I want to be the best speaker facilitator in the world. And this is in the middle of the night. And one of my good friends, her name is Katie Green with the human side. I, I reached out to her and she's like, Hey, I have this, you know, I just kind of have this you know, opportunity if you're interested. And it was actually doing some consulting with, with Google. And so imagine all of a sudden I'm sitting in my bed. I kind of throw that in the atmosphere and I'm going to be now consulting and working with, with Google, right? I'm just wanting to be the best. And then a month later, I get, I get, I, I get, I get tagged that the responsibility of not only do we want to be the best, I mean, like, I want, I want to be the best, but we also want to actually help train 
some of the top speakers and facilitators around the world, right? Wow. Imagine if when you start, you just want to be in it, but now you're actually going to help onboard and train. And then also what I had is they're doing the video and I was also on the video to say, hey, welcome world to this master faculty. We're helping create the best educators in the world. So literally in a two-month span, when I put that in the atmosphere, all this stuff's coming. So like, oh, this is as trajectory as things are supposed to go. Things are just falling into place, just like the Olympics. <laughs> things are falling into place. Uh, and then over the last 48 hours, um, coronavirus, for example, has actually solved all of it. Right? Everything was canceled. Everything was postponed. Right? And so it's like this dream when it felt like I was so close. I was literally about to start going on the road on Monday. Right? Two days right. ago, I got a call. And so I went through that moment. And when I found out, I'm like, ah, it took me back to that moment of like the Olympics again or Empower to Play again. But it didn't affect me as much because I realized, no, there's been so many different journeys that I've had along the way. And I took some time. And I re-put together some values again. I put together, like, what are my values? Who do I want to be? Right? So what do I want to stand by? Um, what are the routines and what are the habits? And all of a sudden, also just appreciating that any single moment that I've had, and this is, I hope I can kind of explain this through um, audio, is when I had my first rock bottom moment, we look at situations very, very linear. And I said, this is where I am now. And this is how far I am from where I want to be, literally on opposite sides of the spectrum. And when I was, and I remember I was sitting there and I said, what happens if I change the shape? Instead of thinking it linearly, where I'm on two opposite sides, I now make it into a circle. And when I put them into a circle, they were actually right next to each other. And I realized that sometimes when you change your perspective, it's like not, it's not actually that I'm the furthest that I needed to be, I'm actually the closest that I needed to be when I see from a different perspective. And what I was realizing, it was not that I needed to be at the Olympics, it's just to realize like the Olympics doesn't define you, mm. right? And so for a lot of people, when they're going through tough moments, it sometimes is change the shape, change the situation, change the perspective. You may have actually been the closest you've ever been the way you needed to be. If you change the way you look at the situation. And then when I was able to look at the situation differently, what I was able to do, I was able to let go. Like Google or any of these things doesn't define who I am as a person. If I'm always being defined by the outside world, I'm always going to be all over the place. It is about finding that balance within, of which is I got more into meditation. Is we live in a world where everybody's telling us who and what to be, that the hardest person to be sometimes in the whole entire world is ourselves. How can we sit still within ourselves and our own voice away from distractions? And what are the voices or the internal thoughts that we have each and every day telling us who we are and what we need to be. Wow. And so you just took it right back to the basics of just getting back to your values. Who am I? What's my priorities? And it's, and it's crazy because it kind of go back. It goes back to when your daughter FaceTime you. Exactly. You know, it just brings it back to the basics of your values. And Oh my goodness. It's, it's crazy. The trends that you continue to see, as you go through life, when you do face adversity and it just continues to teach you as long as you change the perspective on it. And you just remember, you're getting these internal nudges that are happening each and every single day that we continually ignore. Mm. As life is not about a destination. Once again, I was saying, hey, if I get this, then what? Like, no, nah, dude. Remember what it's about. It's about right now. It's about this journey. 
It's about your daughter saying, hey, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. It's like, hey, wake up, wake up, people. It's not about this. It's not going to define you. It's not going to make you. This setback that you had is your growth moment. How can you the perspective to continue on growing? Because you're, you're building muscles at this time. So when it happens again, it ain't going to affect you as much because you have a bigger vision and a bigger purpose for you. And when you get to that point, whatever that is, you're going to be ready for it. As, and that moment is always going to be now. Wow. Wow. That's huge. That is huge. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me this as we wind down. Um, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Continue to see your vision. Um, and then um, what would be some reasons why, why they would want to get in touch as well? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I do a lot of different you know activities. They can find a lot of the stuff that I do on akikwakor.com or akunbranded.com. Um, they also find information just on my speaking. Actually, what I do for the speaking and the consulting is I do a lot of strategy for people. I help them actually see that different perspective. I help people break down and understand, like, why do you do what you do and how we put the actions in the step to help you get there. Uh, also, if they're looking for clothing, I do professional attire for athletes and working professionals. But at the end of the day, actually still falls underneath this. It's we believe that fashion of the future isn't wearing other people's brands, but rather your own. Yeah. Right? You get to create a style that represents 100% you and you don't have to put yourself into a box. It's just like, I'm just where I want to be. And that's elitestyles.com. That's E-L-E-T-E styles. Um, and then I'm also doing amazing work um, for you know a company called The Human Side, where we do a leadership development firm, where we actually help people maximize the human potential and also connect um, really with individuals around the world on, on a really personal level. And that's at thehumansideofus.com. But if you just want to connect and just learn how to speak, I do speaking training. I do a lot of different stuff. But at the end of the day, my goal is how can we be present and just all of it is to be the best people we can possibly be. I love it. AK, I appreciate you a ton. Uh, you gave us a lot of value. I know I took away a, a lot from what you said today uh, and from your story. And uh, I, I definitely appreciate you, man. Now, thank you for just uh, having me on and just talking about, you know, <laughs> bringing back some memories. <laughs> uh, of, 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 of the athlete story and how it still just resonates today so thank you man totally man appreciate it thanks for listening to the show our brand design and strategy is by Tessa at fivefootstudio.com you can also find her on Instagram at fivefootstudio go ahead and subscribe so that you never miss an episode and please Give us feedback. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts. And most importantly, keep playing injured.